0: Welcome to the Legacy Teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Isaiah chapter 55. Well, we can preach on this throughout eternity. Isaiah chapter 55. Wednesday night, we talk about faith. We've been talking about faith. We will continue to talk about faith because faith is a very important subject in God's Word. As a matter of fact, it is so important, we've been told that without faith, the gospel is ineffective. For the gospel that was preached unto us was preached unto them also, but it did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Isn't that what it says in Hebrews chapter 4? Right. So without faith, you can hear the gospel, but without faith, mixed with the gospel, it does not profit. Right. And so, beloved, we believe in reality. Amen. We believe in experiencing reality with God. Amen. We don't want religion. We want reality. Amen. Isn't that right? Yeah. I don't want to just know about God. I want to know Him. Yeah. Amen. What about you? Amen. I don't want to hear about Him. I want to walk with Him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't want to know that He's just up there sitting on His throne. I want to know that He's walking in me, living in me. He is my God and Father, and I'm His child. What about you? And I want the reality of that. What about you? Amen. Amen. And the only way you have reality with God is through faith. We have to believe. And if we believe, we'll have reality with God. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now when does God have mercy and when does God abundantly pardon? When we turn away from our ways and our thoughts. When we do that and seek the Lord and call upon him while he is near, then he has mercy upon us And he abundantly pardons. Now notice the next verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, God's way of thinking and God's way of doing things far supersedes our way and our thoughts. Our way of thinking is inferior to God's way of thinking. Our way of doing things is inferior to God's way of doing things. You can see that it's important for us to learn God's ways and to learn how to think like God thinks. And if we'll do that and forsake our ways and forsake doing things the way we want to do them, then God will have mercy and God will abundantly pardon. God, in other words, is going to move on our behalf When we make an effort to forsake our ways and thoughts and hook up with His ways and thoughts. Amen. Then the next verse. Verse 9, or verse 10 rather. For as the rain cometh down from heaven, now notice, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, "...but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth." What does he mean there? He means he'll rain down his word from heaven upon us on earth. Without God's word being rained down upon us, we can't think his thoughts and we can't know his ways. Without God revealing himself, revealing his thoughts, and revealing his ways to us, we are limited to our thoughts... And our ways. Isn't that true? And so if we never learn about God's ways and thoughts, we can't possibly walk in them. Can we? If we don't learn about spiritual laws, we can't live by spiritual laws. If we don't learn God's way of salvation, we can't know God's way of salvation. And we can't walk in God's way of salvation. And we can't think in line of God's way for salvation. So God says, I will send forth my word from heaven as the rain falls and as the snow falls to give water to the earth. That's what he's talking about. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So God sends his word to us to change our way of thinking, to reveal to us his way of doing things, And He expects us to line up with His ways and with His thoughts and to begin to walk in His ways and walk in His thoughts, to begin thinking the thoughts of God, to begin walking in the ways of God, and what it will do, it will produce God's realities in our lives. And that's what we're all looking for, to have reality with God. And without that reality, we have nothing but empty religion. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 12 in verse 2. That's why the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit, wrote to the church at Rome and said, And be not conformed to this world. This world lives by the ways and thoughts of man. This world is governed by sense knowledge. Governed by what man can see. Hear, taste, touch, smell. That's what this world system is governed by. And God says, I don't want you to be conformed to that. I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, it would be really wonderful if God could possibly have some kind of zapper. We say, what's a zapper? Something to zap the knowledge that we have out of us and zap some new knowledge into it. You know, uh, it's like a deprogrammer and a reprogrammer. To deprogram us with a zap and reprogram us with a zap. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Someone better come up with an invention like that. It'd be nice, but that's not the way it works. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your minds. We all have a mind that needs to be renewed. And it must be renewed to God's way of thinking. Say it with me, I must think the thoughts of God God. and walk in the ways of of God. See, you can't do that if you're conformed to the thinking and the ways of this world, and neither can I. Before I became a Christian, I thought certain ways and certain things, didn't you? But I found out after becoming a Christian, I was wrong. And I had to forsake that way of thinking, and I had to forsake that way of doing things. And I had to be transformed by the renewing of my mind... It goes on to say that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, notice again. Be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God wants His will to be done in our lives. But unless we get our minds renewed to God's ways and God's thoughts, we can't prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for our lives. And that's why the apostle Paul admonishes these people, saying to them, don't be conformed to this world. Don't think like the world thinks. Don't act like the world acts. Begin to think the way God thinks and begin to act the way God wants you to act. And in so doing, you'll have reality with God. And you'll prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. Now, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 4, if you would, please. You're there in chapter 12. Going back to chapter 4. And I want to share with you a truth from the Word of God that we all have to get our minds renewed to and a way or a law of God that we all have to get our minds renewed to because I believe that this is a tremendously important aspect of faith Used by God to perform mighty works. And God wants us to hook up with this way of thinking and with this way of doing things. And if we will, I believe that God would be able to perform great and mighty things in our lives. Isn't that what you want? And that should be what I want. I want God to move in my life. I want God to act on my behalf, don't you? I want to walk with God upon this earth. I want Him to manifest His power and glory in my life, don't you? I don't want to walk with a dead God, do you? I don't serve a God of wood and stone. I don't serve a God that looks like that tree over there that many people will bow down to and it doesn't do a thing for them. I serve a living God, the Bible says. We serve the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the great I Am who made heaven and earth seen and all that in them is. That's who we serve. He is alive right now. He's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who raised Him from the dead. He's the same Jesus who appeared to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, isn't He? He's alive. We just sang the song. Do we believe the song? He's alive. And He said, if two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I. He's here right now. Praise God He's here right now. That should just send a a, a chill through our spine, wouldn't you say? Jesus is walking up and down these aisles right now. And what makes it real is, I believe it. I believe it. I'm not like Thomas and said, Oh Jesus, if You'll just appear to me, then I believe because I see. I say, no, I don't see it, but I believe it. He's here right now, walking down these aisles. He's in His place. He's so close to you right now. He's in your heart, but He's also in His manifest presence right there, touching you. I believe that. There's angels all around you right now. I believe that. Do you believe that? Because the Word says so. I don't have to see it. I believe it. I know it's true. Hallelujah. Thank God Jesus is here. Oh, thank God Jesus is here. I said, Jesus is here. Did you hear that? Right here. Yes. Right now. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I. In my name, there am I. Did you come in the name of Jesus tonight? There am I in the midst of them. Say it with me. He is, here. he is here. Say it again. You are here. You are here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. You're here now. You're here now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I celebrate your presence. Glory to God. Oh, I'll tell you, doesn't that just excite you? Amen. Glory to God. He is here. He said He is. And you know, when we believe that, that's faith. Amen. And that produces reality. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 4, we're talking about a principle or an aspect of faith used by God to perform mighty works. He did this in the lives of Abraham and Sarah and tremendous, a tremendous work took place. And I want you to see it right here in Romans chapter 4, 17. Now remember, we're talking about how to change our way of thinking. We're talking about how to change our way of doing or acting. And we're lining up with the way of God and the thoughts of God or the thinking of God. We're learning to line up with the thinking of God. We're learning to think the thoughts of God and act in the ways of God. Can you say amen? Okay. As it is written in verse 17, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is God Almighty talking to Abraham. Here's what he says. I have made thee a father of nations before him whom he believed even God, who, now notice what God does. This is what God does. Who quickeneth the dead. Everybody say with me, God quickens the dead. God quickens the dead. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. And say that, and God calls those things which be not as though they were. God calls those things which be not as though they were. Did you know he did that? Well, if you've been here for a while, you know he, he does that and did that. But if you haven't been around this kind of teaching, you may not know that God does that. Well, isn't that a way of God? Isn't that thinking the thoughts of God right there? Let's think about that for, for a moment. God quickens the dead. Now, if you look at that carefully and if you're a student of the Word of God, you'll know that when it says here, quickens the dead, He is talking about a special reference, uh, making a special reference to Abraham's and Sarah's body. Their bodies. Because you know that when God spoke to Abraham and Sarah about having a child, they were in a ripe old age, the Bible says. And according to God's Word, they were beyond the age to bear children. And so God, making reference to that by His Spirit, says that God quickens the dead. In other words, He revitalizes or gives life to that which is dead. Speaking of Abraham and Sarah's bodies, He quickens that which is dead. Or that which no longer functions normally, He makes it alive once again. He gives life to it. And that's what He's making reference to here. Even though His body was now as good as dead and Sarah's, the deadness of her womb, the Bible says God quickens the dead, God makes it alive. And this tells us how. How? and calleth those things which be not as though they were. This is making reference to how He did that in their lives. The way God did it in their lives was like this. God spoke to them and said, I have made thee a father of many nations. God spoke to Abraham and said that he would have a child. God spoke to Sarah and said that she would conceive and have a child in her old age. And at first, they both laughed at God thinking that this is impossible. There is no way that God can possibly work that out in our lives because we've gone past the age of childbearing. And Sarah could no longer conceive in her ripe old age. And so even though that was the natural truth of the matter, God said, but I have made thee. I have made thee is past tense. God said, I have made thee in the light of the fact that they had no child, they had no offspring, and yet He's talking about them having seed that is so innumerable, it's like the stars in the sky or the sand upon the seashore. You're going to have so many children out of your own loins that you cannot possibly count or calculate them all. And he said this, I have made thee a father of many nations or of a multitude when they had no child, no offspring, and potentially it was impossible. Biologically, it was impossible. In the natural, it was totally impossible and improbable. There's no possible way that something like this could happen. So God says, so shall thy seed be. In other words, that's how it's going to happen. He is saying that you're going to have a multitude of children even though you're childless now. And I have called it into being. Say it with me. God called it into being. being. Because He calls things things. which which be not as though they were and they become. That's the law of faith. That's how faith works. This is how God acts. Now, I understand that some people might think in their minds that this makes no sense. But remember, what makes sense to God might not make sense to us. And we've been told that our way of thinking is inferior to God's way of thinking. And God's way of thinking is superior to our way of thinking... And we all know this statement we've been making for a long time now. God is much wiser and smarter than I. Can you say that with me? God is much wiser and smarter than I. Amen. He is, isn't He? Well, if this is how He did it, He's God. Isn't that right? And so God calls things which be not as though they were, and lo and behold, they become or they happen. And that's how God did it. Well... He goes on to tell them that so shall thy seed be. And what happened after that was Abraham and Sarah had to do some considering. Let's read on. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. See, God said that to him in Genesis 15, 5. When he had no children, they were childless, they were in a ripe old age and had no potential to have any children in their lives according to natural means. So, next verse. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Now, let's hold that thought just for a second. That is really not the best um, translation of what is being said right there. If you'll do a better study, you'll find out that it actually says that Abraham did consider his body. He did consider his body. It's like this. He considered every relevant factor. He considered his age he considered the uh, unlikely probability that it would possibly happen that he would have a son because his body was as good as dead and he knew about the deadness of Sarah's womb. So having considered all the factors and putting it all together, he concluded that the certainty of the divine promise outweighed the improbability of the natural. That's what he did. He said, you know what? In the natural, that cannot possibly happen. I consider my age. I consider my body. I consider Sarah's age. I consider Sarah's body. And in the natural, that is highly improbable. It cannot possibly happen at all. But, but God said He made me the father of many nations. And Abraham actually means father of a multitude. He made me a father of... Of a multitude. Therefore, I must conclude that what God said outweighs what natural realities say. That's what He did. That's what He had to do. See, at first, He laughed at it. At first, she laughed at it. Then they got serious with God and they realized that God meant business. You recall along the way they tried to help God when Abraham had a child with Hagar named Ishmael. Remember that story? And he said to God, Oh, God, could, would it not be possible, please let Ishmael be the seed? And God said, No. No, it's not going to be Ishmael. I did not tell you that you'd have a child with Hagar. I said, You and Sarah would have a child out of your own loins, and in him shall the seed be blessed. And that's the way it is. He was 99 years old. You've got to understand the way he viewed this thing and said, oh, Lord, please. Then he finally considered his body, his age, and everything else. And he said, God, you're God. And if you say it, I accept it. God made a covenant with him, changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude. And you know what? This is what God did to bring this thing to pass. He changed Sarah's name to Sarai, from Sarai to Sarah, and every time Sarah called Abraham, Abraham, who was Abram, imagine calling him Abram from all those years, and all of a sudden, it's Abraham. That would be hard, wouldn't it? You're now Abraham. She was calling him father of a multitude. She would look at him and say, Abraham, father of a multitude, when he has no child. Father of a multitude, when he has no child. What was she doing? Calling things which be not as though they were. Unconsciously, she was cooperating with God by calling things which be not as though they were. She kept saying, Father of a multitude, Father of a multitude. And beloved, I want you to see this. God calls things which be not as though they were and then those things become. They materialize. They become a reality. Abraham was being told daily, you're a father of a multitude. Sarah kept saying, father of a multitude, father of a multitude. And now all of a sudden, everybody who knew him, who knew his name was Abraham, began to call him Abraham, 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 Abraham. Father of a multitude, father of a multitude, father of a multitude. Father of... He was bombarded with father of a multitude, father of a multitude. Can you imagine that? And I can just see with every mention of the name Abraham, things begin to change in His body. Sarah, mother of nations, mother of nations, princess, mother of nations, mother of nations. Can you imagine that? With every statement that is being made, I can just begin to see the process take place that the power of God through, through the spoken word by calling things which be not as though they were, her body begins to change inwardly. Can you imagine this? And through the process of calling things which be not as though they were, both of their bodies were capable of producing seed. And they brought forth a child. And his child, this child's name was Isaac. It was the child that God spoke of from the very beginning when He sent them on their way and on their journey telling them that they would have a child and in him his seed would be blessed. Well, beloved, if that is how God chooses to work, in the earth. I believe it's time that people like you and me take a stand to begin to cooperate with God, applying the same principles to our lives so that we can get things changed on earth according to the will of God. If we never renew our minds to this truth, then we're not going to have the reality that we want to have with God. And the good, perfect, or acceptable, perfect will of God is not going to be done in our lives. God wants us to start calling things which be not as though they were so that they can become. And I want to show this to you in the Word further. Let's just finish this. And being not weak in faith, verse 19, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, what He had promised, He was able also to perform. So, they went with the program, kept calling things which be not as though they were, as God said, and... In the process of time, it came to pass. Isn't that how the story goes? Absolutely. So he didn't stagger through unbelief at the promise of God. He didn't sit there and say, but you know, I'm too old. I'm of a ripe old age. My body's dead. The deadness of Sarah's womb is a problem here. There's no possible way she's going to be able to conceive. At one time they thought that, but then they changed their way of thinking. They got their minds renewed to the Word of God, the ways of God, the power of God, the ability of God. They knew that God was a great God and mighty God and nothing was too difficult for Him, right? And so they set aside their own thoughts after they considered the whole thing and they set aside their own ways. Did you hear that? They set aside their own thoughts, their way of thinking, and they set aside their own ways. And they forsook that and went over to God's side. God's way of thinking and God's ways. God's thoughts and God's ways. And they said, no, you're Abraham, father of multitude." You're Sarah, mother of nations. You're Abraham, father of multitude. But I have no child. doesn't matter. You're father, you're father Abraham, father of multitude. And that's exactly what they did. And they lined up with calling things which be not as though they were, and they became. Their bodies were changed. They received strength. They, had, they were renewed. And they had the child. Going back to the book of Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to show you how to bring that into the realm in which we live. This is part of the way God thinks and acts. This is the way God does things. It's the way He creates things. It's the way He produces things. And God wants us to forsake our way of thinking and line up with His and begin doing the things that He does the way He does them. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, in the whole chapter here, it talks about the acts of creation when God said, and it became. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be a firmament, and there was a firmament with all of its vast reaches in the heavenlies and it became. And God said, let the waters, you know, be pulled back and be set uh, by the boundaries, you know, etc. And it became. You know all that story. And then the earth was called, or the dry ground was called the earth in verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. How many of you know the earth is still bringing forth grass? You believe that? Amen. You know it's true. And that's when it began when God said it. Isn't that true too? Let's read on. The herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Trees are still yielding fruit, wouldn't you say? And producing after their own kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. Now how many of you know that there are still fruit trees that bear fruit today with their seed in itself? Contained within itself that produces after its own kind. You believe that concept? That's when it was set in motion. God called it into being and it became. And it's still operating today. Isn't that true? Okay. And right now, everything that God created by the Word of His power is being upheld, maintained, and sustained by that same Word of His power. What holds the earth in orbit? The Word of God's power. What keeps the sun where it belongs? The Word of God's power. What keeps the moon where it belongs? The Word of God's power. Now, this is just going to absolutely boggle your mind, if I may say it this way. When God says that His ways and thoughts are as high as the heavens are above the earth, you know when God spoke the world into existence and the universe in his great far reaches? That that word that He spoke out there caused what we know to be like light years? the speed of light. I believe that when God spoke, His Word is still out there and I believe it's just creating, it's just continuing to create. I mean, it's a speed of light. That Word is spoken and it's already been given by God and it just continues to go at the speed of light. That's what it's all about. I mean, I can only imagine when we get up there what we're going to have to do out there in that world, in that realm. Think about it. There's so much that's going to have to be done and we're going to have to be in charge of it all. We're going to be working together with God. But the point I want to make is when God speaks by the Word of His power, those things that He speaks into existence are upheld by that same Word of His power. And that's why the universe functions the way it does and will continue to do so until God says something otherwise. I want to show you something. Go to Mark 11. When God calls something into being, it becomes. And when God sets it in motion by the word of His power, it's sustained by the word of His power. It will do what it's designed to do until God says something different. Can you say amen? Amen. And if He says light be and light continues to be until He says stop being, then it will continue to produce.